So now the big uh, headlines uh, all over are about 99% of the money is back and people are thinking this is a big piece of news. Uh, frankly, I told you so. 48 hours after demonetization was announced, I wrote that almost the entire money would come back. Now, I'm not a, a Jyotishi or an astrologer. What I was basing my judgment on was a very simple thing, human behavior. I think the architects of the demonetization scheme looked too much at finance and economics and not that much at human behavior or human psychology. When you tell a person that your wealth has been reduced to zero or you can save salvage a part of it in some way or the other, that person will do anything, hook or crook, to salvage that. So if I have a hundred rupees which was unaccounted for and if someone came and told me that, well, I'll give you back 70 and I'll figure out a way of taking care of the 30, I would agree. So it was very clear to me that one way or another, by spending, by buying assets, by paying someone for conversion, by giving cash to somebody who had uh, cash entries in, in his or her book, one way or another, it was very clear to me that the money would find its way back into the system because the option of destroying wealth is something uh, that human beings would not accept. So was there a better way of implementing this scheme? Now I know that all of us are much wiser after the event, but remember, I had written much earlier that there was a much simpler, far more effective, efficient way of doing this with all the endpoints achieved with much more revenue accruing to the government rather than uh, uh, that kind of money getting frittered in corruption or, or going to uh, corrupt bank managers or to people who were willing to convert your cash. Uh, a lot of the money went into those very sleazy areas. Frankly, all of that money could have actually come into the government if the scheme had been made as follows. The tenure of the scheme should have been very short, say 15 days. In 15 days, you have to deposit your money or your money goes to zero, number one. Number two, there was a one-time final conversion tax of say 40%. So if you give 100 rupees to the bank, 40% would go to the government coffers as taxes. So one time, one time combined with demonetization. I think the architects of the scheme missed this very powerful combination that if you had combined demonetization with a one-time conversion tax, then a person would have thought twice about taking a sleazy route. That would have been a win-win. And the fact that you would have kept the scheme open only for 15 days means that people wouldn't have had to go through, poor people, middle class, wouldn't have had to go through the pain that they had to suffer for about uh, six or seven weeks. Uh, of course, this is predicated on the fact that you would not make uh, the mistakes of, of having different size notes uh, which were not compatible with ATM compartments. You, that, that all, I'm, I'm assuming all of that would have been planned through, i.e. the note sizes should have stayed same. Uh, you would have printed much more 500 rupee note in the beginning than 2000 rupee note. You would have flooded uh, smaller towns and villages where digital uh, cash is not used as much with cash before announcing uh, demonetization. Had all of this been done exactly the same end point would have been achieved with much less pain, much more money flowing into government's tax coffers, much less corruption. And this is not something that I'm saying uh, with the wisdom of hindsight. I had written about this uh, within about 10 or 15 days of demonetization. Okay, now uh, it seems as if the that the state did not do anything right. I'm not saying that at all. I think after nine months, uh, you need to have a much more nuanced understanding of what happened. Do remember, it was an audacious move, politically, economically audacious move. 
the world hadn't quite seen something like this. So I think uh, when, you, when you launch something as audacious as what was done, there were bound to be unintended consequences. Now, the fact that the government managed to re-monetize the economy uh, within about four or five months, I think that's creditable because uh, the first estimates were that re-monetization could take eight or nine months. Uh, the fact that uh, a lot of the informal economy was coerced to come into the formal economy. A lot of people left digital trails about unaccounted cash, which the government is now looking at. They've talked about how there are about 1.8 lakh crores, which is looking suspicious money to them. Now, my point is, we could have done that without the coercion. But the fact is that even with coercion, when this kind of a digital trail of uh, suspicious money uh, is now available to uh, the lawmakers, I think all of that is positive. So there's also been some criticism about the fact that should we be making such a uh, drastic push, uh, almost coercing people into a cashless economy. Now, I think there are two or three things here. Cashless economy is a concomitant. It's an outcome of economic development. You should not put the cart before the horse. You should not first say, I will go cashless and then I will economically develop. So, frankly, economic development would create a cashless economy by itself. But since you did use coercive methods uh, and uh, the propensity uh, to use digital cash uh, necessarily had to become higher because there was no physical cash in the economy, that you can count as an unintended a benefit of such a uh, strong coercive move. Uh, but frankly, I believe it's an organic thing. It happens when economies develop. Uh, and if we focus ourselves on uh, a, a, a well-rounded economic growth path, then uh, the move towards a cashless economy would be a natural organic one. Clearly, the most cruel impact was in the informal economy, which is the largest part of India's economy. For the poor people, for farmers, it happened at the peak of the agriculture season. Uh, they were not allowed to exchange their cash at district cooperative banks. Um, they were not allowed to use uh, uh, and pay for pesticides and inputs. And, 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 and you know, clearly the big cruel impact happened at, at the poor people. Uh, and that was something, as I said, was avoidable uh, simply because if you had kept the tenor only 15 days uh, and ensured that there was enough cash available in smaller denomination notes, 500 and 100 instead of 2000 uh, in the rural areas, you could have avoided that pain. But the fact is that that sector has gone through pain. That sector has still not recovered because supply chains were completely disrupted. I think it's terribly important now uh, to get more focus uh, for the government uh, going in there to ensure that uh, uh, the disrupted supply chains are back and then to use the disruption actually as a means of reforming your agriculture mandis, reforming your uh, farm to fork uh, supply lines. It was an extremely cruel adverse move, but as with every uh, adversity, there is an opportunity and in the government, uh, if, if, it need, if it really focuses its energies on repairing that completely devastated and disrupted supply chain, then there would be a benefit eventually from it. Now to the biggest conundrum of demonetization. When it was done and people saw the pain that was there, everybody thought that it would be politically devastating for the ruling party. But exactly the opposite happened. It became a strong political weapon in the armory of the, of the government. And I think it's important to understand why that happened. Uh, the sheer audacity of the move uh, was supported by people because people felt that here is a, a genuine attempt at trying to uh, break the status quo. So, so that they applauded. Indians are a very stoic people. We are a people who have been told and brought up on the fact that you must suffer, you must 
do penance to cleanse yourself. So I think a lot of the country saw that as a necessary suffering to cleanse. That messaging was also very powerfully impact, uh, imparted by uh, the ruling party, especially Prime Minister Modi. And I think people bought into that message. So I think uh, politically what could have been an extremely devastating move for the government actually turned out to be beneficial uh, and in a sense was lucky for the government because that rode on the innate stoicism of, of Indians. They, have, uh, they are used to suffering. They have been taught that suffering is cleansing. And I think uh, uh, they, they saw that this suffering was going to result in something good. So the stoicism of the Indian people turned out to be politically lucky uh, for the government. And to be fair to the government, the government also built on that narrative of suffering uh, leading to cleansing.